Stampede. Garner is at number 52. Recorded 621 2020. Now, sometimes people have to be protected from themselves. Suicide is a case in point. When a young man positions himself on the top of a building, threatening to jump, firemen and policemen are called to rescue that person. Turmoil in one's own life can drive someone to want to end their despair, in some cases to injure oneself, to intentionally hurt oneself doesn't just come from despair caused by a hopeless situation. No, to injure one's self intentionally can have lots of reasons. For elderly people, pain from an incurable disease can make them want to end their existence. And that can occur with people of all ages. But Some people may want to intentionally do harm to themselves because they want to hurt themselves. In treating mental illness, society intervenes and attempts to help them to see how destructive their behavior can be. In this country, the force of consumerism can contribute to why people may want to hurt themselves. The need to succeed is great in a consumerist world. And those who aren't able to achieve the goals imposed on them may feel inadequate, undeserving, inferior. That's the perspective of how an economic system can affect the way we behave. Of course, 
it's not the only reason why people feel the need to intentionally hurt themselves. The intense interaction between a parent and child have permanent effects on how that child will live. I think we all understand that. Sometimes what parents import to a child can have harmful consequences. And yet there's another reason, a much more difficult reason to understand why an individual may want to hurt oneself, that something internally drives them to that behavior. Garner isn't a self-help show. No, you won't get a secret recipe for preparing spaghetti bolognese. I don't do that. But some people have said my spaghetti bolognese is good. My show tries to understand why we do the things we do. And to confess why some people do things and why other people do completely different things isn't easy to explain. But I've come to the conclusion that no two people are alike, and that may even include identical twins. No, our DNA is unique 
to each and every one of us. I'm not like you, and you're not like me. Of course, this runs counter to the concept that everybody is equal under the law. The facts of the matter are, the law as practiced with equality simply doesn't exist in the real world. When someone is brought into a court of justice for stealing, the judge can be convinced to determine a verdict based on lots of extraneous circumstances. And one person caught stealing can be treated differently than another person accused of stealing the same thing. No, people and circumstances can be very different. And to illustrate, back in 1970, I lived in West Africa, more specifically the country of Ghana. I was 25 at the time, and I can say unequivocally, it wasn't like any living experience I was used to. Being a young white man living in West Africa presented lots of challenges. You might say I was unlike the people of Ghana. And I think that's true because within Ghanaian society, there was and probably still is fierce tribalism. Living in Ghana in 1970 was physically difficult. It was like living in a Turkish steam bath. And even though back then I was physically fit, to walk in the street among the people was very demanding. And Ghanaians seeing me melt under the African sun would laugh and say my blood was too sweet. You have to be tough to live by the equator in Africa. And death is no stranger there.
One thing about West Africa is few white people live there. It's the location where black people were captured and sold into slavery, shipped to the Caribbean, and to what is today Brazil, and eventually to North America. Slavery 400 years ago wasn't anything new, and even today there still exists slavery in some parts of the world, and is considered illegal. But the exportation of black people, primarily from the west coast of Africa, in large numbers for 400 years, supported a worldwide economy. So living in Africa, where most of the black people of America came from, wasn't lost on me. And anecdotally, after having spent nearly a year there, I can say the capturing of Africans to be sold into slavery wasn't performed by white Europeans or white slave merchants from America. No, they may have been the owners of the slave ships that took Africans to the New World, but they didn't round up and capture Africans from the jungles of West Africa. No, Africans initiated the trading of fellow Africans into bondage. People today want to lay blame on white people, and it's True, along the west coast of Africa, you can still see abandoned structures of slave forts that were probably built by Europeans. But it was Africans that brought them to those forts to be sold. And it's not entirely clear who or what came first. Africans offering to sell fellow Africans or Europeans offering to buy Africans. Either way, it became an economic system, and there were Africans that became wealthy selling their own people into bondage. So when looking at what happened racially, slavery originated as a double-edged sword.
I imagine today, if given the choice, many Ghanaians would want to live in this country. And if given the choice today, perhaps a lot of Americans might want to leave this country and migrate to Africa, thinking they could live in their country of origin free from discrimination. Well, there's good reason for why black Americans would want to do that, or at least to start their own country within the United States. Now, a lot of people in this country see our racial inequality, and I can say that's true, and I can offer an explanation for why that's true. From the start, slavery works on one principle. The owner of a slave believes inherently in being superior to the slave, and this can only result in the thought that the slave is inferior. And this is at the root of racial inequality in this country. The perception that blacks were inferior persisted for over 150 years after slavery was outlawed. Black people have attempted to overcome that stigma, saying they're equal to white people. And it's been demonstrated in lots of ways in this country. In fact, African Americans may actually physically excel in the world of sports. By and large, professional basketball is composed predominantly of black players. And to be honest, one can say racially that black people are better than white, oriental, or even Native American people when playing basketball. The facts bear that out. So even though it's a racially charged statement to say statistically, American blacks who play professional basketball do so at a very high level. That's a true statement, but to actually say it can get you in a lot of trouble, even though it is true. White players in professional basketball are a minority.
If you wanted to watch basketball, preventing American blacks from performing with white players, then you wouldn't be watching the game played at its best. And everyone knows, long after slavery ended in this country, African Americans were prevented in playing basketball with white players. In fact, the Harlem Globetrotters, an all-black team, were designed to entertain basketball fans, demonstrating their skills at playing basketball. We know by law, African Americans were not permitted in many ways to participate with white people, and this existed because they were viewed as being inferior. Well, that is wrong. The truth of the matter is, everyone is different. I'm different than you, and you're different from me. And that is a scientific truth proven by DNA. In a highly competitive economic system like consumerism, we're taught to believe in winners and losers, not unlike the system of slavery that existed with owners and the people who worked for them. Superior and inferior is a distinction that looms large in the consumerist world. There's a lot of disparity there. We say everyone is equal under the law, but we have lots of systems that say everyone is different, with some being better than others. So those things are at conflict with one another. You may want an egalitarian society, but that can't work because nothing, and I mean nothing in this world, is equal. Equality is not what exists in nature, but balance is. The will to survive is strong in all living things. Are some people better than others at accomplishing certain things? Absolutely. Should our laws be applied equally? You'd think so. But justice, even justice under the law, is a difficult thing to find. While living in Ghana, I was accosted, physically attacked by an African man, incidentally, close to a police station. I had been previously warned by a European couple staying at my hotel to be cautious when in a restaurant or a bar at night to always sit with my back to a wall that there had been cases of white people being attacked at any time. So to explain, I was walking during the day, taking photographs when a man stopped and engaged me in conversation. He falsely accused me of photographing Ghanaians, portraying them as being primitive, which was not true. And then he began striking me. The incident could have gotten out of hand. He was a large man and could have seriously injured me. But then a police officer emerged nearby and the attacker ran away. Several days later, the police came to my hotel room and said they had apprehended the assailant. 
and asked if I wanted to press charges. I said yes. It resulted in my appearing in an African courtroom filled with Ghanaian citizens and a judge. Before the case was presented, my assailant, who sat nearby, pleaded with me to drop the charges that he had lost his job and would go to prison if found guilty. I agreed to let it pass if he would publicly apologize in the courtroom to all the people present that he was sorry for what he had done. He did, and so the case was dismissed. Living in Africa is dangerous for many reasons. This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard the music of Julian Sherrill, Tusquake, from the movie with the same name, then John Williams' composition for the motion picture Jaws, followed by Alan Silvestri's score for Predator, then Magnus Bright's music The Wave, and another Norwegian composer, Johannes Regan, Psycho, from the movie Cave. And finally, Franz Waxman's music from the movie The Bride of Frankenstein, The Creation. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.